Good morning. Ah, so good to be with you this morning. We are in our Summer Stories series, and we're talking about generosity. We did our Kingdom Economy series a little bit earlier in the spring, and so we, the ENDS policy here at Third Church is for 15 years, we've had this, by the way, and it says that when we who regularly worship here at Third Church go out into the world, to our business, our, in our homes, our neighborhoods, out in the community, we want to be marked as people who demonstrate, who live out the fruits of the Spirit, love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, and to be marked as people who are extravagantly generous. Those are the words, extravagantly generous. Now, I have to admit that generosity um, did not come naturally for me. Can I get a witness? I think a lot of us don't, don't feel like generosity is something that comes naturally. In fact, I was the youngest of four children. My family didn't have a ton growing up. And so I tended to like hold on to anything that I could get. And right after I became a believer uh, at, at 14, I then I had my 15th birthday and that fall, I was going to a church, a mainline denomination church that didn't really feed me spiritually, but I, I was a new follower of Jesus and I wanted to grow. And so the guy that had been preaching the weekend that I accepted Christ was going to be teaching at a family camp in Indiana that fall. So I got a job, I worked, I saved money. Uh, I talked to a couple of friends who were older, who could actually drive, and agreed that they would go with me if, if we could all go together. And so my parents, believe it or not, allowed me to do this with, uh, with two friends. And so we drove to uh, Indiana, but on the way there, we were going to go through Chicago. Now, I had been, hardly been out of Iowa at this point, pretty uh, naive, uh, unworldly young man. And so we decided, well, let's just stop in Chicago uh, for an hour or two on our way before we get to the camp. We pulled into Lakeshore Drive, went up along the park there, parked the car, and went up to the John Hancock building, saw you know, the landscape, the skyline of Chicago. It was awesome. We go back to the car. My two friends, their stuff was in the trunk of the car, but my stuff was in a duffel bag on the back seat. So we get back to the car. The window had been smashed out, and they nabbed my duffel. Now, it wasn't even my duffel. It was my brother's. I borrowed it. And it had everything that I brought with me that weekend. It had all of my money, in fact, the money for registration. It had all of my clothes, all of my toiletries. It had my Bible sitting on top. And I thought, yeah, thief's gonna be really <laughs> shocked when he opens up the duffel and finds a Bible sitting there on top. But I remember just thinking, I, I've, I was kind of shook in my soul at this. And as I drove, as we drove from Chicago to Indiana, I can remember sitting in the back seat crying. I can remember feeling like, God, why did you let this happen? I'm 
here I'm trying to do something good. I'm trying to grow spiritually. I went out of my way. I got a job just so I could do this weekend camp. And, and you let this happen? And so my friends chipped in. And they said, Tommy, you at least need to have a jacket because it's going to be cold in the evening. So we stopped, and they pitched in their own money to buy me a jacket. We get to the camp, go to the registration, say, hey, look, this is what happened. I have no money. Um, we called my parents, um, collect. My dad loved that. Um, yeah. Are you dead? No, alive. Okay, great. Um, I'm just joking. But yeah, young people, no cell phones, right? No Venmo. So at the opening session of the camp that Thursday evening, they asked me to come up and they said, hey, this young man has come all the way from Iowa. He had his stuff stolen. Um, he's kind of got, got nothing. Um, so if anybody you know, would like to help him out. And that weekend, I experienced generosity really for the first time. I had people just all weekend long just coming up and giving me things. I had a guy that came up to me and he said, well, I brought an extra pair of socks. Thank you for your socks, appreciate that. I had a woman that went home, she lived near the camp, she went home and she had a teenage son and she brought in boxes of her son's clothing, multiple boxes. I'm like, lady, it's just for the weekend, <laughs> come on. I had people coming up and, and shoving money in my hands. And it, to the point where it's like, look, I, no, I don't need, I, the registration's paid for, it's been covered, I've got everything. And people were like, no. And they just kept shoving money my, in my hands. I left the camp that weekend, having paid for my registration, all my expenses, and I had more money in my pocket than when I left home. And I then realized why God let this happen. Because God is saying, Tom, you don't know what it means to be generous until you've experienced it. And that's when my heart began to change because I was the type of person that I would I would go to a restaurant and would be like, how little can I get away tipping? Anybody know where I'm at? Yeah. It's like, okay, I know it's 18%, but can I get by with 10? And I remember God's spirit convicting me. And said, oh, Tom, you must be mistaken and think that it's actually yours. When I uh, kicked off the King Economy series with the, our auditorium family down the hallway, I talked about the fact that, that Christ is the alpha and omega, the beginning and the end, and that's more than just saying he's eternal. In fact, John 1 says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made, nothing was made that he didn't make. In other words, everything flows from the alpha. There is not one thing that you or I have in this life that did not flow from Christ. You may think that it's yours, but my job, my family, my house, my, all of my abilities to work, everything that I have came from the creator. And he is the omega. 
In fact, in Revelation, in the fifth chapter, when John is given a vision of eternity, he sees the throne room of heaven and he sees the lamb who was slain, Christ, on the throne. And he sees people of every tribe and language and nation and people and color standing before the throne. And this is interesting. This is what they sing. Worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power, wisdom, strength, honor, glory, praise, wealth. Did you ever see that in the scripture? Worthy is the lamb to receive all wealth. In other words, everything flows from Christ, everything is gonna flow back to Christ. He's going to be the back to everything. We're just the conduit. And in fact, Jesus showed the example when he came from heaven. And in Philippians 2, it says, he considered being God, everything that was heaven. He, he wasn't gonna cling to it as though it was his. He emptied himself and took on the form of a servant to come to earth so that he could freely give us all things. When Jesus sent the disciples out, he said, freely you have received in Matthew 10. Now freely give. And Christ convicted me that my heart wasn't a conduit, my heart was a dam. And he flowed and freely gave me all things and I was clinging onto it. I had a miserly idea of generosity. I had a, uh, the founder of our company actually, my boss, uh, was a great spiritual mentor. And one day we were uh, on our way to Minneapolis and Chuck's awesome. He, he's just a quirky guy. I remember he loved, like when we would stop at Clear Lake McDonald's on our way up to Minneapolis, he's the guy that would walk in and from behind the counter go, where do we park the bus? Just so he could see all the workers at McDonald's going, <gasps> So we were on our way to Minneapolis and he said, today, on our drive, we're gonna talk about a verse from Philemon. Does anybody in this room know a verse from Philemon? I mean, this is not the Billboard top 10 books of the Bible. But we talked about Philemon verse seven, because there's only one chapter of Philemon. So Philemon verse seven. Paul's writing to a guy by the name of Onesimus, and he says, your love has given me great joy and encouragement because you, brother, have refreshed the hearts of the Lord's people. How do you refresh someone's heart? So that's what we talked about. How do you refresh someone's heart? And it could be with money, but it's not always with money. And in fact, out of that conversation, I began to think about the people in my life who had an impact on my life. And there was about a year, year and a half, where I listed all of the teachers, elementary school through college, who had an impact on my life. And I went out of my way to find them, to visit them, and to say, thank you. You made a difference in my life. And you know what? Not only could I tell it refreshed them, but it refreshed me doing it. It could be a thank you. And it could be a tip. Because as God kind of began to change my heart, it's like going, okay, now, no, when I tip, it shouldn't be how little can I give, but how much can I bless? 
So a lifetime ago, I spent a couple years as a youth pastor, and I had about 120, 130 kids in my youth group. So I was used to taking a whole bunch of kids, junior high and high school, into a restaurant, and I could see the look on the server. So I taught my kids. I said, look, you need to understand that when you walk in, and there's a whole group of 10, 15 of us, the server, the waitress, is thinking, great, I am gonna work my tail off, they're gonna be a bunch of morons, and they're not gonna tip me. So I taught this to my kids, and I said, look, I'm not gonna tell you what to tip, and I'm not gonna look over your shoulder, but please do this. Know that when we go in there, you have a chance to bless that server by tipping them. So think about it, pray about how much you should tip. And that was a standing thing with me and my youth group. So we were, I hadn't thought about it because we went to a spaghetti market one day in Des Moines and we get in there like, you know, 10, 12 kids and the server happened to be a girl I knew from high school. Her name was Holly. And Holly was like going, Tom, it's good to see you. And then she saw the kids and I could tell, she's like going, oh, great. Didn't think much of it. As we were leaving the restaurant, leaving Spaghetti Works there, they, they have a little entryway uh, vestibule. And as I'm going in, leaving, she goes, hey, Tom! She comes running up to me. And she has tears running down her face. And she said, I have to confess to you that when I saw you and your kids walk in, I cussed under my breath. <laughs> and then she said, I can't believe what they tipped me. Thank you. You're welcome. And in fact, one of the experiences that Wendy and I have had over our lifetime is that we found that when you you bless people with a tip, it opens up doors. Just in the last couple of weeks, we had a server come up as we were leaving the restaurant and give us a big hug. Back, gave me a big hug and just held on. How often? Does, have you had a waitress do that to you before? And then said, you know what? I would love to just hang out with you guys sometime and talk. Hmm. When you bless. Because that's what Romans 2 says. It's your kindness that leads us to repentance. Isn't that interesting? It's not God's condemnation. It's not God's truth. It's not God's judgment. It's got God's conviction. It's God's kindness that opens up heart and says, I don't know why you blessed me so much, but I'd like to understand what What's making you tick? That's why we want to be extravagantly generous. And sometimes it's just time, resources. I had a buddy uh, about the year 2000 from the church I was attending at the time. I didn't live in Pella then. And he said, you know what, I... I just, you know, I'm so convicted. I want to spend more time in God's word. I want to read my Bible, but I just don't, and I feel bad about it. I know I should. So his name was Kevin, and I said, Kevin, what can I do? 
I'm thinking, how can I refresh your heart? I said, here's what we're going to do. We're going to, you and me, we're going to read one chapter a day of the Bible. We'll figure out what it is. And then you're a sales guy, you're on the road. I spent a lot of time on the road. And then we'll just, every weekday, we'll call each other and just share what's, the, what's one thing we got out of that chapter. And I said, you call me, I call you, whatever. We'll, we'll keep it pretty flexible. He's like, that's an awesome idea. So we started doing it. And we started doing it every weekday. And I didn't know Kevin very well when we started. I got to know him really well because conversation about what we read in the Bible became conversation about life, became conversation about our families and about our marriages and about what's going on with our businesses. And, and then all of a sudden, as time went on, I got to thinking, why just Kevin? What, this is kind of a cool thing. Would it refresh could I refresh other people with this idea of just read a chapter a day and then talk about it? And so I started a blog in 2006, and I just, I'd read the chapter. I'd still call Kevin. We'd talk about it during the day, but I would just, I would just post that this is what it made me think about, and then I threw it out there. Um, and eventually, I uh, turned it also into a podcast here the last couple of years. Just really simple. So I still do it every weekday. Gotten through now, it's about 16 years. Gotten through the Bible a couple of times, chapter by chapter. Really simple concept. But it's like, I think, in fact, on my, my mouse pad by my computer, there's a, it's Van Gogh's drawing of a sower. And every morning, it's just like, here's what this made me think about. Here you go, world. And then isn't it cool? We live in a time when I can hit the publish button from my home office here in Pella, Iowa, and anybody in the world with an internet connection can read it. Now, having said that, I only got about 40 people, that, 60 people that visit my, my, my site every, every day. That's fine. But it's not, that's what it's not about. I throw out the seed. What God does with it is his. I just want to refresh people. And there was this guy, I wrote this blog post one time. Now, it wasn't even a chapter a day blog post. It was 10 ways being a theater major prepared me for success. And it's the only blog post I've ever had that went viral. And it went viral. And it was read thousands and thousands and thousands of times. And because um, I think a lot of college theater departments <laughs> We're like trying to get people to come, <laughs> become a major. And so there's this guy that, that read it. He's a professional actor on the East Coast. Then he read that post, and then he realized, he looked at my site and went, oh, saw the chapter today post. And he's a believer, so he started reading along. And so over the last 10 years or so, about twice a year, I would say, I get an email from Mike, and we'd exchange you know, a kind word here or there. He'd tell me what's kind of going on. I'd ask him what shows he's been in lately. And uh, not major, just a little bit here and there. And a couple years ago in our email exchange, he said, you know, Tom, before I die, I hope that you and I can meet and actually sit down and have a meal together. So a couple Months ago, beginning, towards the beginning of 2021, I got an email out of the blue from Mike, and he shared with me that he has prostate cancer and is beginning chemo. So 
a while later, I emailed him and I said, Mike, I'm coming to Richmond, Virginia, and I'm going to buy you dinner. Now, it was part of a road trip I had planned, I talked about a month or so ago, uh, and I had some things that I had to do for business, but I made it kind of part of that. But as he was asking questions, I could tell the line of questions. He's like, well, what, tell me what you're doing on this trip. And I told him, and, and then I, he's putting two and two together, and he goes, Richmond wasn't on your way anywhere. And I said, nope, it wasn't. And I could just see that sink in. Why did you come? To refresh your heart, my friend. If I, can, if I can drive to Richmond and buy you dinner and refresh your heart, then that's what I want to do. Refresh mine as well. So, during COVID, I began to, uh, one evening I was on Facebook, and I noticed a member of our church here had posted on Facebook, a real picture, I think, of a sunset or road of something, but then this really encouraging word about, about being thankful and having gratitude. And I remember that day, like, going, oh, my gosh. Just a, oh, my God, social media, a good word? <laughs> It was just sort of like a breath of fresh air to read something positive uh, that somebody had to say and a reminder to be, to be grateful. And then I noticed the next day he posted another one. And then the next day he posted another one. And I went, oh, we've got another sower in town. And so I've asked Eric Record to come up here this morning. Eric, where are you here? There we go. And... Uh, and Eric has now for, gosh, a year, over a year now been doing this, year and a half, and I just wanted to ask you a little bit about this. So I'd share with this how this started. Yeah, so a uh, year and a half ago uh, was rather uncertain times for us. We'd been in the midst of a bunch of change. We had an amazing spring break trip that was planned that we weren't able to go on and uh, so we pivoted and did something else um, and then as this COVID thing was rising up it was apparent that that was going to have to get cut short too um, and so on March 17 of last year I had to uh, come back uh, to my office and uh, have a really difficult meeting with my team and tell everyone that they didn't have jobs for the foreseeable future. Um, we prayed together, we cried together, and just the realization of what in the heck does this even mean really set in. So um, after that meeting, I tried to process things the way I usually do. I hopped on my bike and found a gravel road and was uh, riding around a little bit, and I had to stop. I just had this flood of emotions, um, and I just felt like God had a gazillion things to say to me. So uh, that night, um, I decided that you know, if I'm hearing all this, if I'm feeling all these things, there's no way that I'm the only person that's feeling this. So I just wrote some things on Facebook. That's not traditionally what I do. Um, and I just put it out there. Um, and then the next morning I got up and I was faced with this, okay, 
I used to having a full schedule of patients. My whole day goes like this, and I got nothing. So I told God that as long as my office was closed, I would give him 30 minutes of silence uh, every morning. I would love to say that continued once my office opened back up. It hasn't. Um, but during that time, uh, and, and the first day that I did that, I think I looked at my watch about 35 seconds into it and said, geez, got to be close to 30 minutes, right? Because um, I'm sure I'm the only one that doesn't sit still and quiet very well. Um, but God started speaking to me. Um, I, not, not an audible voice, just thoughts in my spirit, and I could tell where it was coming from. So I decided to post again, um, and uh, it's continued uh, every day since then. Um, not out of a legalistic sense, but out of a sowing sense. As long as God is going to share words with me, uh, I'm going to put them out there uh, and share them with others and what's see what happens. The, what's the response you, you've gotten? It's been great. Um, it's been... Uh, I, I'm still waiting for my first viral post. <laughs> um, but uh, it's not about that at all. Uh, it's interesting... Um, I've had people that I haven't talked to in years say, hey, somebody shared this, and I saw this, and I wanted to connect back with you. Um, it's been wonderful to hear people tell stories about how they're finding themselves being more present in their lives. That's one of the things I love to talk about. I call it win the now, um, where the currency that we have is right here. Um, the past is the past, and we can plan for the future, but we, we really don't know what that's going to be. What we have is right now. So no matter what the rest of my week looks like coming up, this, this is it right now. This is what we have. And I hear stories of people turning off their phones, turning off the news, um, looking at what they're putting in front of themselves and how they're being influenced, um, and, and that just gives me great joy. So when I think about what keeps you going, and you said it's not a legalistic sense, and I totally get that as well. It's not something, yeah. What I hear you saying is kind of, if, as long as God's word is flowing in you, and he keeps speaking, you'll be the conduit and keep putting it out. Is yeah. that right? Yeah, absolutely. And um, I'm not going to say it's been smooth sailing to come up with something to post every single day, and I'm not going to say that. I've been super happy with the response every day. Um, you know, I, you put something out there, and all day long you're thinking about it. You put it on there, and you say, this is the one. And people are going to interact, and it's going to be all of this thing. And then uh, I usually post at night, and then I wake up the next morning and look at it, and four likes, no comments. And it's easy to get discouraged because a lot of the stuff that I've put out there is, uh, is stuff that's definitely from my heart, so there's some vulnerability with it. Um, but without fail, when I feel discouraged, somebody that day has been generous and blessed me by saying what they've read has blessed them. And it really doesn't take much of that to keep you going, so it's been awesome to see that. So, talk, uh, so what's your hope in all of this? Yeah. Um, my hope and the thing that I've really found and something that I think is good for all of us is God can do whatever he wants with our obedience. So that's, a, that's my role. Um, we all have different gifts that God has given us. The gift that he's given me is words. There's no doubt about that. And so my job at this point is to put those words out there and then he can do whatever he wants. So sometime um, maybe a post will really resonate with someone 
and then that person will, it'll spark a fire in that person, and then they'll tell the world about Jesus. I have no idea how that works. Um, and it's just been neat to see how this has progressed. So it started with daily Facebook posts, and now a blog, and a website, and a book, and I'm just going to keep putting words out there, and, uh, and whatever God wants to do with them, great. That's awesome. Thank you, Eric. Let's say thank you to Eric. Proverbs 12.25 says that anxiety weighs the heart down, but a good word cheers it up. Sometimes generosity is just with a word. And I know, in fact, uh, Eric, uh, just about the time he started to post that, again, I didn't know Eric at that time, but um, I decided to get my teeth straightened. So I've sat in his chair a few times. And I can tell you... Um, that when you sit in his chair and uh, he comes in and sits down and says, how you doing? It's not just a casual question because his words when he is there with you in that chair are meant to refresh your heart. That's what, I, that's what I've seen gives Eric passion about his work as long as he keeps putting the words out there, sowing the seed. So, have you received God's grace? Have you received and experienced God's generosity? In 2 Corinthians chapter 9, uh, it's a whole chapter, 8 and 9 are all about generosity. And it says this, now, God who supplies seed to the sower... That's what Eric just said. God just keeps giving me seed, and I put it out there. We'll also supply and increase your store of seed, and will enlarge your harvest of righteousness. You will be made rich in every way. And understand that that's, this is not name it and claim it gospel. Being made rich in every way can be rich in generosity, rich in love, wealthy with words rich with kindness and fruit, so that on every occasion, through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. And what I've understood is that, that when people are trying to earn their salvation, it comes from a place of transaction, right? How much good do I have to do to get to heaven? How, how much do I have to tip for God to be happy with me? So how, 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 about, how generous are we talking, Tom? It comes from a place of give and take and cling and hold on to and let go a little bit. But that's not the kingdom's economy. The king's economy is everything flows to me from Christ. And whether I try and dam it up or I let it flow, eventually it's all gonna flow back to him. And when I leave this world, I'm leaving everything that he gave me. So I can 
I can cling to it if I want, try and dam it up and hold on to it because it's mine, or I can acknowledge that none of it is mine. And I am just a conduit. And God, how can you flow through me? How can I use everything that you've given me to refresh others? Do you see the difference? I hope you do. I'm going to ask the worship team to come up. Let's pray. Oh, God, make us generous people. God, open our hearts that your love can flow through. Help us, Lord. We confess that we so often come to you with this, this, yeah, this attitude of scarcity. Like you're a miserly father, a miserly God that's going to eke out a blessing if we do the right thing. But thank you, God. That's not your way. Thank you that you so loved us that you gave. You gave everything you have. You gave your own son. You gave generously, fully. And Jesus, you were willing to empty yourself and come to this earth and to die on the cross and to suffer so that you could freely give us all things. God, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would make real this kingdom economy in our hearts. Let it flow through us. Help us not to cling to things, but to let go of them. Help us not to dam up all of your blessings, but be a conduit. Let them flow through us to others. Help us, everyone, this day, this week, each moment, to refresh others out of the abundance that you give us. In the name of Jesus, amen. We'll have elders up front to serve communion. Feel free to come uh, down and take communion as you are led. We'll have prayer warriors as well. If you need uh, to be prayed for, that will be awesome. Let's worship together.